0: Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges.
1: Hello and welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. I'm Veronica Cruz.
0: Hello, Veronica, and I'm Omar Ramos. Thanks for joining us on the special parenting series. The Struggle is Real, and yes, it is. Today's discussion, go for the heart. And that's very important because today we're going to learn how to help our parents learn better ways to motivate our children. We have scenarios between parents and their children, followed by a panel discussion invited today on ways how we can deal with the situation and how to connect in the most effective way with their feelings
1: and I'd like to introduce today's panel we have Dr. Alicia Laos she's clinical psychologist and she's also been working with families and couples for over 10 years she's also CEO of Family Bridges and we also welcome Rosanna Swike she is a mother of two teenage girls and she's also a licensed clinicals counselor and she's also a teacher at Moody Bible
2: Institute welcome thank you
0: so once again thank you for each and every one of you for making some time to join us today now According to experts, we can't appeal to a person's logic when they're overly emotional. However, we can control our own thoughts and behavior. This applies when arguing with our children, and that's where we can get into or start penetrating their heart. But before our experts tell us how to do that, let's listen to this.
3: Mom, Uh can I have a guitar? What do you want a guitar for? To learn how to play it. They teach lessons after school. I could sign up. I don't think so, Sophia. But why not? Because I said so. It could be really good. And then what? There's no future in it, Sophia. I could be in a band. Maybe. Your grandfather used to say, what's the difference between a musician and a large pizza? What? A large pizza can feed a family of four. What's that mean? It means no. Besides, you'll mess up your nails. It's just an hour a week. I won't play late at night if that's what you're worried about. Sophia, it's not up for discussion. Now empty the dishwasher and get ready for bed. That's stupid. Excuse me? You're being stupid. There's no reason I can't try to learn. You don't make any sense. Go to your room. No. Go to your room. You just like telling me what to do. You just like doing whatever you want. I'm trying to take care of you. You're mean. I can be a lot meaner. Now go to your room. Now. Fine. I hate talking to you anyway.
0: Wow, well, it seems like that mommy was having a bad day. <laughs> uh, so once again, a 10-year-old Sophia was very excited to ask her mom about new guitar and music lessons. Mom denies her request and added that music was a waste of time, ouch, and not a realistic career. Sophia became, of course, angry, and they got into an argument where mom grew equally angry. What happened, Dr. Lowe's?
4: Well, everybody was pretty emotive Yeah. in their own way, and everybody had their own reasons. But I think it was clear that their emotions weren't matching. Mm-mm. You know, the mom wasn't really taking the time. And she could have been tired, exhausted. She might have got really good reasons. Who knows? Maybe Sophia keeps asking every day to plan a new <laughs> music or every other week it gets interested in playing a new instrument. We don't really know the whole story. But at the moment, um, by not really matching the emotion or just listening in or tuning in, to her daughter, she was missing an opportunity to connect. She was speaking to her logic or to her brain or just really taking an authoritative stance, go to your room, it's bedtime, it's a pretty rigid stance, instead of taking a moment or an opportunity to listen and figure out what was in the heart of her daughter.
0: And I think that happens to a lot of kids, right? They want to kind of express what they want to do, sometimes they're a little timid, and then finally when they do, develop that courage to say, hey mom, I'd like to do this, and then here comes mom or dad, and unfortunately they make the mistake of just kind of slamming the door in their face, and then, I mean, that could be very damaging.
4: It's damaging because perhaps then the next time they won't open up and then we as parents may wonder why are they talking to us? You know Mm -hmm. What's going on? They get very closed in in their world. So I guess just take that
1: window of opportunity to listen to them and and just value that something important to them, even if it's not so important to us at the moment or it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to be fruitful. At least listen to them because it's something that matters to them. Rosanna, have you ever had this, something similar happen to she's you with smiling, your daughter? I'm
2: smiling. I, <laughs> she's like, no, oh, as, I, those as I heard the skit, I smile because it's very common. It happens even in my household in terms of not understanding. I think the key is a lack of understanding, wanting to know where the child is coming from, maybe to express herself. Maybe it's a way of connecting herself um, with music, and that helps her to meditate, understand and express her emotions, who knows where the mother was. But I think sometimes, even in my own household with my own children, here I am, I'm at this moment, I'm frustrated or I'm overwhelmed with stuff going on, and I don't take the time to say, okay, let me hear where you're coming from. Why is this important to you? And maybe it's not going to be a lifetime career, but hey, if this is important in the moment, it's going to help you be a better person or be connected with yourself. Let's go for it. Why not?
0: Rosanna, thank you for that. And uh, going back to uh, Dr. Alicia, now mom was appealing to logic in the beginning throwing that you know music as a career choice bad choice and it, she assumes it doesn't work now is she like overthinking by saying these things to her kid
4: Probably because, again, sure, her mom may have really good valid reasons at this point, but you as a parent, you have different thought things crossing your brain. You're thinking about the bills you're paying today and the laundry that needs to be Mm -hmm. done and the taxes that need to be paid. So you're operating from that mindset and that logical mindset. Your child is operating from let me play, let me learn, let me be curious, let me draw, let me have friends, let me, you know, socialize, maybe music class is a place where she can meet other friends. Who knows? It's just different worldviews completely Mm -hmm. and so as a mom she's trying to appeal to the logic these are the reasons that completely are irrelevant to her daughter at this point because that's not her reality it might be effective for an adult to have that kind of a conversation because they've already been there and know that Mm -hmm. but for a a child or an adolescent their reality is they want to do this and so getting down at their level and actually speaking to the heart instead of to the brain can be more effective it doesn't mean that the mom is going to eventually allow her for example in this case to play the guitar maybe the answer ultimately will be no but before just quickly and rigidly arriving at that no decision, slow down, pause and just take the time to take in their heart. What, why is it that they really want this? Explore it. Validate them for who they are and together come up with the conclusion of, you know, why you can or why you can't.
1: Doctor, how does a parent calms himself or herself down? Bring it back to, OK, wait a second. Let me handle this differently. What would you recommend for parents?
4: Personally, I just need to take a time out sometimes. Self-check up in terms of where I am. If I'm too rattled and my emotions are equally angry or upsetting, I'm going to say things that I'm going to not mean or or care for. And so I need to sometimes just step away for a second and just take a moment. Also, I think self-care across your life as a parent is really important. So don't wait for the moment where you're going to be stressed because life is going to be stressful every day. It's crazy. So you have to incorporate daily self-care. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is you don't necessarily have to go to the gym. That's great. But it could be just listening to a meditative CD that is just really inspirational while you drive to work do some calming, relaxing, so you're not always rattled and alert and ready to attack. So I felt like in the clip the mom was ready to attack. Mm -hmm. And that's because she's stressed out. And so if we create a habit of just kind of being more relaxed, take care of ourselves, we're going to be more likely at a better spot on a day-to-day basis when things come our way than just be on the, you know, attack mode.
2: Very well. Would you like to add something? Yes, absolutely. I think two things. I think it's important for, as uh, Dr. Alicia said, is to take a step back and recognize where am I coming from in this scenario she was more concerned about her future she was more being like practical okay how is this going to help you in the future you're not going to make a whole lot of money out of that mm-hmm. and sometimes we have to say where is that coming from is it because of my own stuff that I'm carrying is it because the messages that I receive from my dad hmm. that it's important to make money and this is not going to help you so that's one thing the second thing is to Recognize when I am feeling frustrated. If I'm stressed, that's going to increase my frustration of anything my child's. Pick up on the signal that my brain is sending to my body, that I'm getting flustered, frustrated, maybe even angry. Then I can say, okay, wait a minute, this is not a time to address this issue. Let me take a step back. It's called the amygdala calm, that part of the, of the brain that it creates emotion, anger take a step back and see where this is coming from. And then when I'm calmer, then I can really be open-minded and see maybe the possibilities. Hmm.
0: Heart-to-heart conversation can only be had when you face your own feelings mm-hmm. and you choose to be vulnerable about them with your children. That's exactly the communication yes. you were talking and
2: about. And that's a very good point and very true. It is. You have to recognize first what's going on inside. If I'm able to be self-aware, then I can then be open to hear other perspectives.
1: We all know that arguments with our children can start early on in life and just like you said, Said, Dr. Laos and also um, Rosanna, how we handle them can make a difference later on in life. Let's listen to this next scene. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh no, what you doing? What you doing? You're not gonna give me a dick. Ow, Jack! That hurt! <laughs> it's not funny. I told you before, you can't hit people. No, no, stop it. Listen to me. We don't hit. We don't. Are you going to apologize to me? Jack, are you going to apologize? No. Then I don't want to be your friend right now.
3: I don't want to be your friend. Fine. (laughs) I
5: don't feel bad for you right now. Are you going to apologize? No. Are you sorry you hurt me? No. Fine. You can come out of your room when you calm down. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) What am I supposed to do, Jack? Hmm? What else can I do? You refuse to grow up. Expelled? Do you realize what that even means? Do you? That school, your friends, any opportunities, any hope for a future, gone. All gone. Do you even care? Do you even care that you, you just blown yourself up? What were you thinking, huh? Answer me. No, no, Jack. Sit down. No, Jack, where are you going? No, where are you going, Jack? Jack, get back here. You can't just leave, Jack. Where are you going? Jack!
0: Well, we just heard uh, two different moments in the lives of these uh, two individuals, uh, the past and the present, and it's a situation where you could, I guess, you could talk about what you so is what you reap kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go ahead and touch the first part. Four-year-old Jack throwing a tantrum when told not to hit. How many times have we you know, encountered kids that do that, seen it? Rather than directing his child to calm down for a discussion, Daddy walks away. This is a tactic that many parents use. I've seen it. You've seen it. Now, doctor, you're the specialist. When parents behave this way, is it a good or a bad thing just to walk away instead of acknowledging the situation right there?
4: Well, sometimes we need a timeout, right, as a parent, because the situation just really provokes in us. And we just talked in the previous session that we need to calm down. Mm-hmm. So I get it. We sometimes are too rallied ourselves, or we have been taught, ignore the child, because if you give in to them, then you're giving into their, you're reinforcing the negative temper tantrum that's okay. Out there, so get that, and I think in situations, there are situations where that is merit and that deserves merit. Unfortunately, though, let's think about when we do this habitually all the time what are we telling the kids? Kids have a bunch of emotions and they will lose it, and they will have what you call a temper tantrum, right? They throw themselves on the floor, or in the case of the adolescent, you know, they just shut out, you know, mm-hmm. just completely shut out, so they have all of these emotions, and then who is going to teach them how to cope with these emotions? How are you going to make sense of them? Mm-hmm. In the midst of the temper tantrum might be really hard at that moment, but if you're able to help a child use their words, you express them and verbalize them, as they grow, they're going to be emotionally more mature and have a vocabulary to describe the angst they feel inside of them and be able to utilize that instead of you know the bodily, physical... Let me throw myself on the floor or close myself in my room, you know, what have you. Is there a moment and is there a time when you, as a parent, would be well served? To take the time and coach your child through those feelings, teach them how to cope with it because life is going to bring a series of things that you're not going to be happy about. And if you don't know how to respond to those things or how to emotionally tap into those feelings, you're going to have an adult temper tantrum or an adolescent temper tantrum because nobody's taking the time to teach it. Exactly. So what do I do with my children? I say, we use your words or sometimes I do put them in the room and I say, I want you, you know, and then I pull them out and I say, let's go through what just happened. Let's use our words and they're little sometimes I use we have with family bridges and emotional cards, you know, and I'll use the cards mm-hmm. so that they can just point to the pictures or I have them draw it if they're older. But let's use our words. Let's figure out what's going on inside of us so that then we can learn how to cope with situations in a way that's really effective. And
1: what uh, Dr. Alicia Laos is talking about when she's talking about the emotion, uh, the cards that she uses, um, at Family Bridges, we have a program that's called the Better Me, and it, it helps kids identify their emotions, or it helps parents help their kids identify and talk about their emotions. I think it's really important because I think many parents, maybe not not by choice, They ignore it. Maybe they don't know how to to talk to their kids about it, right? You're like, oh, my goodness,
4: this wild child. So I guess (laughs) from
1: this point on, if you're listening to us and you feel like you're one of those parents, moving forward from this point on, learn how to identify your own emotions so that you can also teach your kids how to identify them and talk to them like, Dr. Alicia said maybe not at the moment but later on when everybody's calmed down yeah
4: and for example you can create uh, corners in your house or rooms where you say this is the angry corner this is the sad corner this is the whatever disappointed corner and you create activities piles of activities and then you just say okay when people are mad you go to that corner and do those things <laughs> and so if, you know it's just w- what happens when you do that is you prevent frustration on your part because then you're teaching the kids how to cope with it Yeah, and it's less taxing and emotionally draining on everybody. This takes a little bit of thought and a little bit of time as a parent to coach, but then you'll save energy later. Great.
1: Mm -hmm. Earlier you said that sometimes it's a good tactic to ignore it. I've heard in my earlier days as a mom, somebody told me at a workshop to ignore the tantrum, if you're in a public place, for example, is that recommended or not? What would you say, Rosana, has that ever happened to you?
2: Yes, it has, and, and sometimes <laughs> you can't ignore it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's better to ignore and than to give into it and pay attention because then you give into to it. the attention that the child is wanting. But sometimes you can't ignore it. I remember when my child was um, three, my most um, power, strong will child, and she still con- continues to be that way, but she, in the middle of Target, she just threw herself in the floor and there's people walking around. Mm -hmm. I could not ignore it. People were, you know, if you ignore and walk away, they may call the police on you because you can't leave a child by themselves in the middle of a target when there's tons of people walking around she's laying on the floor. So what I did is I picked her up and I said, you know, this is not appropriate and we need to walk out. We stayed in the car, we talked, and I let her have her temper. And then afterwards, we were able to talk within her language that she's able to understand and then eventually come back. But sometimes so the answer is yes, sometimes you can, but then there are circumstances that you not, may not be able. And if I may say one more thing regarding mm. this scenario, one thing that I noticed, and, and i be honest, this has happened to me at times. We unintentionally as, as parents do things that may be hurtful to our children. In this mm. case scenario, the father say, I'm not going to be your friend, and that's mm. hurtful. Yes, We need to un- understand that sometimes because We do things unintentionally. We love our children. We're not serious. I'm not going to be your friend. But that little child takes it as real. So when we realize that, when we take that step back, as we had discussed, and realize what we have done, it's so important to come back and repair. Mm -hmm. Repair the relationship. Because we're showing our children, okay, I messed up. I am sorry. Daddy said something that was very hurtful. And I want you to know that I'm going to be here with you always. I don't like your behavior. And I don't, will not accept it, but Daddy loves you always. And then you say, I'm sorry. That repairs the relationship, and then you're able to move on to the next step. So, therefore, that child in the future won't hold that, saying, Daddy's not my friend. And then when that child is older, guess what? You won't be Daddy's friend.
0: Okay, so I guess um, Jack is now a uh, teenager, and he's getting in trouble, expelled from school. Dr. Laos... Um, We kind of saw this coming. What went wrong?
4: Well, we saw it earlier. It's just an adolescent now that's having the temper tantrum. He just didn't know how to deal with his frustrations as well as the parent. And the parent just feels really fostered, just doesn't know what to do, and continues to push and say things that just instead of driving them together, it drives them apart. We as parents, we're trying, God bless us, we're trying to have Mm -hmm. a conversation. It's just that authoritarian stance Mm -hmm. drives them away. So what do we say instead? That's Mm -hmm. the question. We say things like, what's going on? Can you help me understand it like you see it? I'm having a hard time understanding where you're coming from. Describe it to me in a way that I can try to grab it. So it's mm-hmm. it's a repair attempt, like Rosanna says. It's mm-hmm. a way of reaching out and trying to identify it. It's obvious that there's a feeling. What's the feeling that he has? He's angry. He's upset. You know, just say it. You're obviously really pissed off right now. And what is it that your heart is saying I is, is making it really hard for me to understand it logically. So break it down for me. I just so, want to so s- Reaching out to their heart instead mm-hmm. of just to their brain
0: Perfect, you know and the earlier story that we heard of little Jack got himself in trouble by hitting his dad Daddy walks away leaves him alone doesn't really break down and explain to him. Hey, this is what you did wrong let him throw his tantrum and he walked away now. It seems like Jack is walking away now, is this is this a, a, an effect or the result of kind of like uh, what the dad, the kind of model he served as him when he was a child, and now Jack is acting the same way as his dad would walk away from the problem. Is that is that what's going on here as well?
4: I think so. I think if we don't, the son Jack, you know, he was left alone
0: mm-hmm.
4: with his feelings, and maybe they got busy and they left and never nothing got resolved, mm-hmm. as often happens. That wasn't you know a discussion about what was wrong. So then now that's what he's doing. I think you nailed it in the head.
2: There's always hope. Mm -hmm. We mess up. Things happen in our relationship in the past with our children. And especially with teenagers, I see it with my own daughters, that we can always go back and say, okay, let's spend some time together outside of the setting of the boundaries of home. Let's shoot a ball. Let's go out for dinner. Let's reestablish that relationship that maybe had was lost through the years, but we can go and just get to know our children. I know when I go out with my daughters Mm -hmm. individually, I need to say that we don't talk about anything other than her friends, her music. I get into their world Mm -hmm. and I may have stuff in my mind, you know, I wanna address this, the grades, the home chores that they're not doing, the house chores, all this stuff, but at that moment in time, it's just about you and I wanna know you. It's like I take them on a date. Uh Imagine when we used to go on a date. You know, I want to tell you about myself. I want to know all about you. And it's such a pleasant experience. So now I'm adding some positive. We know that for every negative, we need tons of more positive, Mm -hmm. right? Of course. So now I'm adding some positive. And if I keep doing that, that opens the door for now that trust that was depleted to build up again, and now we can begin that relationship, and I can begin to connect with the heart. I love that. And you know what? Earlier,
1: Dr. Lauz, you were talking about how now there's a movement for father involvement, which I think, and I congratulate dads now because I see a lot more father involvement in the lives of their kids than we did when we were little. and I think that's probably what happened here with Jack and his dad. There was like a disconnect. Do we still see that a lot with dads and sons, or is that just across the board?
4: I think it's across the board developmentally, but I do agree that there is a dynamic that's different between mom and daughters, moms and sons. Mm-hmm. Dads and sons, dads and daughters. I, I just think the dynamic varies. And I love Rosanna's advice that we can always reach out. Children mm-hmm. are resilient. They yearn for your attention as yeah. a parent. They yearn it. They love it. They've learned to hide behind a wall, not when they're mm-hmm. little though. But over time, when we leave them alone with all these confusing feelings, they learn oh. to build a very cold wall and to hide against it. When they're adolescents, they just project that wall and you go, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So that's why we are advising everybody, look at that temper tantrum and consider, do I need to help this child, my son or daughter, figure out how to manage their emotions and not just ignore it? You know, mm-hmm. there are times when, or after you put them you know, in your time out, can you go back and debrief, retell a different story so you can coach them through that aggravation, and then you can learn from it?
2: If I can emphasize something that you said, which I love, that mm-hmm. children, you're in that connection. And if we can remember that, especially with adolescents, because sometimes we believe the lies that their friends are the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And it is for them. But underneath all of that, they want that connection with mom and dad. So mm-hmm. be creative and pursue I know my husband sometimes says, well, what am I going to say? You know, I took her out. We only have girls, so I can use the example, but it happened with um, boys as well. He's like, I took her out, and we didn't talk. And I said, that's okay. Take her out again. And guess what? By the third time, he's like, wow, we had such a neat time together. So it's important because they yearn that, as Dr. Lisa said. And if we meet those needs, guess what? Eventually, they're not going to go to their friends. They're going to come to mom and dad. Yes, and you know what?
1: Research shows that
2: parents are the number
1: one
4: influence
2: mm-hmm. in their kids' lives.
4: Many of us won't believe it, but it's true. It's mm-hmm. true. So, And that's when we have a secure attachment with them, when we develop that relationship. Yes. But if you continue to have scenarios like Jack and the dad, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to go and listen to the other influence. So we do need to repair. We do need to reach out. We need to not let up.
0: Okay. Well, uh, today's podcast is titled Go for the Hearts. We're joined today by some very special individuals. Dr. Lisa Laos, clinical psychologist, and of course, Rosana Swike. I hope I said that correctly. Yes, yes a licensed yes. clinical counselor and also teacher at Moody Bible Institute. Now, we heard the outcome of Jack and his dad, the relationship as a teen. Now, I think we wanna, and we're ready, we're prepared to hear how Sophia's story ended. We have that coming up next.
3: It's just an hour a week. I won't play late at night if that's what you're worried about. Sophia, it's not up for discussion. Now empty the dishwasher and get ready for bed. That's stupid. Excuse me? You're being stupid. There's no reason I can't try to learn. You don't make any sense. (sighs) Sophia, I know you're upset. I'm upset too, okay? I'm upset that I can't buy you the things you want, and the truth is we can't afford guitar lessons right now. I wish that we could, but we don't have enough money. Do you understand? Yeah. Are you alright? How do you feel? Bad. This is this something you really want? Yes. Um, isn't there any way we could save up some money? Well, you know, when I was little we used to have garage sales. You know, is there anything you don't play with anymore? Hmm. Maybe, ooh, my dolls. You'd be willing to give them away? Yeah, I don't play with them anymore. Okay. Let's look around and make a list of everything we can get rid of. We'll need about $100 to start. Can I ask the Johnsons if I can walk their dog for them after school?
1: So we just heard the earlier scene, but now Mom was dealing with it differently. She remained calm. But she also explained how she felt in her reality. She explained to her daughter, Sophia, that the reason why she couldn't get the lessons was because she simply couldn't afford it. She was honest. She was open. Sophia was a little upset. But then she kind of, at her level, kind of understood it. Does that make a difference, doctor?
4: Oh, yeah. We saw it. and We all felt it. And, um, I think that's a great scenario as an example for us to follow. We don't really have to hide the reality so much from our kids. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're trying to protect them from, I don't know pain, and we keep things away from them. I get it. There's information that they do that we as parents do need to, you know, be thoughtful before we disclose it. But in this scenario, if you can share it and give good reason, kids get it instead of keeping them in the dark and then <laughs> imposing our will, and they don't understand. And I know that that is really important, especially for some kids. Some kids really need to have a broader picture of what's going on in order for them to join you.
0: You know, and sometimes there's parents that don't want to, like, expose that pain, those struggles that they have, because you always want to be, like, the hero to mm-hmm. your kids, right? Now, when you when you hide this stuff, it's a bad thing, because we've seen it here in the situation, this relationship between daughter and mom. But then when you open up, isn't this, like, Counterproductive in the long run? Just wondering.
4: When you open up, that it's counterproductive, in what way?
0: Isn't it kind of counterproductive that you might expose a little bit too much about the pain and the struggles? Can it kind of cause some kind of depression with a kid?
4: Well, yeah, I I get it that we don't want to spill over our deepest, darkest secrets to our kids and mm-hmm. put them in a, a situation where they're our best friends or they're our therapists. Yeah, we don't want to create what, what psychologists and therapists call that an enmeshed relationship where we're just pouring in so much that they become our best friends. That's really toxic. Mm-hmm. We don't want a, our kids to be put in that position. But that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about being honest and you keep it with boundaries. You know, we're having a really hard time right now financially like the mom did. You leave it at that. You don't go on and on and on and on and on and on and, on and, on and let me share the you know, the, the, the burden of my heart and you pour in them like you would do a therapist or a psychologist. Oh goodness gracious. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Poor kid. <laughs> yeah. Too much. Yeah. So you don't want to give them too much information, but just enough. We're going through a really hard time right now. Mm-hmm. We all need to get to pull together.
2: And there's value in that. There's value in the child seeing that there's struggles in life and we can always get what we want. Mm-hmm. but. I love this scenario because the mom did share that, but then she was open to, okay, let's look at some possibilities. Maybe yes. we, if we solve this. Problem so, solving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she included her child in that problem solving, and then they worked together. And even the child at the end said, well, maybe I should talk to my neighbor mm-hmm. and see if I can walk their dog and then get some framing for it. The other thing that I noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed, is that the mom began to speak to the child once again. Mm-hmm. It was almost like she took a deep breath. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. It seems to me like she took a step back, took a deep breath, and that's so needed because when we're flooded with anger, with stress, with all of this, we can't think. Mm -hmm. But doing that kind of relaxes us. And then as the old proverb says, a soft answer turns away wrath. So then by the time that she took that deep breath and calmed herself, then she approached her daughter with a kind, soft answer. As a result of that soft answer, her anger, frustration that she experienced and how her brain was overwhelmed with emotions Mm -hmm. as well, was able to calm down and hear mom. So it's a beautiful scenario to see how, and it works, and it's so real, and it's so helpful.
1: As far as their relationship goes, I think it also enriches their relationship.
4: They're no longer enemies.
1: Exactly. And children, even at at that young age, they value more the honesty of mom or, or dad. They value that relationship, and they're probably able, I don't know, I'm assuming, I don't know, that they can come later on. And talk to their oh, yeah. to their mom or dad about whatever situation, hard situation or struggle they're going through. Is and that-
4: life is real. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's struggles. We don't want to protect our kids and create them in such a bubble. Right. Yes. If they're completely, <laughs> yes. you know... Clueless, and Mm -hmm. then they hit again. Eighteen, leave the house. The world hits them against, you
2: know, their face, and they don't. They fall apart. And not only that, but protecting them and making everything happy and everything is good, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure you get everything. And I see this with families that are struggling, but I see their kids wearing Nikes. Like, hello, Mm -hmm. you know, it creates a sense of entitlement. Right. And these kids grow up as thinking. I deserve it because look at what I got. No, I can't buy. I'm honest with you. Let's find some other ways.
0: Well, those were some great closing remarks. Thanks to our panel for the participation in today's The Struggle is Real, a special parenting podcast series to help motivate our children. Beto.
1: Don't miss our next podcast, everybody. We're going to be talking about how to appeal their progress. That's all about expectations, self-esteem, and highlighting progress. All this to motivate your children.
0: And be sure to check out the book "The Struggle Is Real" by Doctors Alicia Laos and Paul Myers is available now on Amazon.com or FamilyBridgesUSA.com.
1: This was "The Struggle Is Real," a podcast by Family Bridges. Don't forget to follow us on social media as Family Bridges using the hashtag #TheStruggleIsReal.
0: That's hashtag #TheStruggleIsReal. I am Omar Ramos,
1: and I'm Veronica Cruz.
0: Talk to you next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul
3: Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.